0: Hello. Yes. hello YouTube. There we are on YouTube. Yes, we were just talking uh, about uh, knockoff foreign bootlegs of things because we were discussing Atomic Heart and how it's knockoff foreign bootleg Bioshock. And we have I Bioshock mean, at home. And then I mentioned like those foreign like uh, knockoff versions of Aladdin and the Little Mermaids uh, mm-hmm. you tended to see whenever Disney yeah. put out their movies. And how appropriate. <laughs> How appropriate, because Aladdin, for one thing, is on the thumbnail of today's uh, podcast.
1: Do you think this is the first video you've ever done your career with Aladdin on the thumbnail?
0: Well, yes, but that's not extraordinary. Okay. Do you think this
1: will be the last?
0: Could well be. Disney's not really my area. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, my eldest is big into Mickey Mouse at the moment, but... uh,
1: Oh, maybe Disney is going to become your area.
0: Well, I guess that remains to be seen. Can be forced on you the know? Frozen
1: train. The Frozen yeah. and Moana train.
0: You know what these kids are like. They just latch onto something for a while and want nothing else, and then right before their birthday, when you've bought nothing but Mickey Mouse shit, suddenly they decide they're really into Paw Patrol now, or whatever. <laughs> anyway.
1: It's all cyclical, come back around.
0: Anyway, welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yahtzee Crozier, I'm John M. Hello, everyone. And with the news that uh, Shinji Mikami is leaving his, his own company, Tango Gameworks, mm-hmm. we thought it would be time to pay tribute to a man who I've long considered one of the great unsung heroes of uh, the video game industry. Certainly one of my favorite creators. Yeah, same. Who, despite having an extraordinary CV, resume, yeah. I should say, of uh intellectual properties just doesn't seem to have gotten the rock star status of someone like Miyamoto or hideo kojima
1: yeah he feels like he's uh he's a, a sort of a step below them which um i guess to be fair i i feel like most creators are a step below them though his i feel like his contributions are arguably Miyamoto aside uh maybe as important to the modern gaming landscape as almost anyone
0: hmm. shinji mikami uh s- Started his career making Disney games. That's why Mm -hmm. Aladdin's there. He made one of the Aladdin 16-bit games Apparently there were several that were all completely different games
1: Yeah, a weird a weird era where like he made the Super Nintendo Aladdin Whereas the Sega Genesis Aladdin was done by uh, an American studio, Shiny And I believe the handheld ones were done by completely different studios as well Not sure why that was the case
0: then, but but When was that last the case when sometimes like uh, a different consoles version of a game would just be a completely different game i think i want to say the wii was the last time yeah because uh, the
1: hardware like couldn't run a normal call of duty game so it yeah. would be you know which i don't know are we gonna get that again because microsoft and nintendo just released that thing where they said oh we're we're bringing x exp- or we're, we're confident in bring call of duty to nintendo consoles feature complete for the next 10 years and i'm like my switch my switch from 2017 will not run the modern call of duty game i promise you that
0: so if you look at Shinji Mikami's Wikipedia resume, his works mm-hmm. list, it's extraordinary because it goes from "Who Framed Roger Rabbit" in '91, and then "Goof Troop" yeah. and Disney's "Aladdin" in '93, and then the 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 game after that, "Resident Evil," yeah, which he directed
1: yeah which uh it's it's a it's very strange to go from like you are doing 2d aladdin on the super nintendo to you are creating the rules for an entirely new genre of games in this completely new generation
0: well everyone uh, have, knows have he that. ripped off alone in the dark but uh, alone in the dark was kind of shitty so
1: it was bad yeah i mean it's it's not who did it first it's who did it better um, there you go yeah, and it's interesting because he was, uh, you know, Capcom, the, the Resident Evil story is, is pretty well known by now that um, Capcom had a Famicom game called Sweet Home, and uh, fam, uh, he was uh, quite a fan of that. And that was, had some Resident Evil-ish elements, but was kind of more of a top-down adventure game, uh, uh, you know, horror game. Uh, but the reason he ended up going up to bat for Resident Evil was because he kind of didn't like horror games things like he was well often he was he tended to get scared
0: very very easily often these are the best perspectives to bring to
1: yeah an
0: established genre
1: yeah and so that was why they kind of wanted him to do that him to to almost do the spiritual successor to to sweet home on the original PlayStation and again much like um you know much like Super Mario 64 or 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 Doom or any of these games that we sort of mark as these benchmark games like they were they were Uh, I mean, he was obviously inspired by Alone in the Dark, but like they were exploring without a candle. Like it was really impressive to to put your brain back in that era and think like how these people were like pioneers in being like I don't know what video games look like in 3D, but here's what I think they might look like, and they
0: kind of nailed it. It's interesting to hear he didn't really like horror that much because he certainly uh, does tend to have a specific bent on horror. He usually figures. uh, a slightly campy B movie action sort of horror, sort of mm-hmm. like The Evil Dead.
1: Yeah, he said he was a big fan of uh, stuff like Dawn of the Dead and and mm-hmm. the old Italian movie Zombie. So um, you can kind of you get that feeling. Like he's one of those original creators where like he kind of wears his inspirations on his sleeve. Um, I think a lot like Kojima, like whereas you know Miyamoto's are more like I liked exploring my backyard when I was a kid.
0: But the interesting thing to note about Shinji Mikami, and this is probably one of the things that make me that make him one of my favorite creators in gaming is that he was the director on Resident Evil but he was only the producer on Resident Evil 2 3 and uh, most of the ones that followed after that. Yeah,
1: yeah, Code Veronica.
0: Yeah. And if you look at, up and down his whole uh, career, that's basically been the story for everything he's been involved with. And mm-hmm. uh it was the same story with The Evil Within, for example. He directed the first one. He lets What was his name? John Johannes? Yeah, yep. John Johannes was the uh, was the director of Evil Within 2. Yeah. And what And then we go on to do Hi-Fi Rush. And yeah. And what I'm taking away from all this is that Shinji Mikami doesn't like making sequels.
1: No. uh, In fact, I think the only sequel he directed was Resident Evil 4, which which was feels like such a paradigm shift that. Well,
0: that's. Well, let's get into like the whole resume because if even if you haven't heard of this dude you've heard of the games he's made yeah he made, i'm just going down the list here resident evil dino mm-hmm. crisis yep on Onimusha. Mm-hmm. he was executive producer devil may cry phoenix wright mm-hmm. um he was the general producer on steel battalion yep. he was the direct he was the director stroke executive producer on everything in the capcom 5 if you've yeah. seen my capcom 5 video so pno 3 yeah. beautiful joe killer seven Uh, The one that didn't actually come out. And and of course, Dead Phoenix. And of course, Resident Evil 4. Like, Mm -hmm. one of the most important games uh, in the history of the medium. Yeah. And aside from that, uh, when he left Capcom, well, I say left, he started Clover Studio, which was sort of a semi-autonomous spin-off of Capcom. And they produced, and I think part of their, like, uh, the company philosophy was that they didn't want to make sequels. They made new IPs. They did, yeah, that didn't last too long. Which didn't last, but but, uh, Clover Studio gave us Beautiful Joe and God Hand and Okami. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that, uh, Clover Studio shut down. It was something like Capcom wanted to reabsorb them, and uh, Mikami and other top uh, creatives in Clover didn't really want to go along with that, so Clover Studio shut down. A lot of the talent would go go into Platinum Games. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah and then course. he had that
1: straight story studio which was like almost a part of platinum for a while which is where yeah. we got stuff like God uh
0: we we also had uh, vanquish at one mm-hmm. point I forget who the developer was and that might have been uh platinum yeah that was platinum Games.
1: i think that was platinum yeah that was part of his 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 kind of straight story which again he's worked in a lot of I, I think japanese studios tend to do this a lot where they have these kind of micro studios inside of studios like mm-hmm. the persona leads are now a part of a, a team called re, re fantasy which is still inside atlas but making their own thing is all very strange yeah
0: well shinji makame certainly was jobbing a lot because he also uh, was the creative producer on shadows of the damned which was developed yeah. by uh, suda's company grasshopper mm-hmm. manufacturer uh then of course he started tango gameworks his own company uh where they made it, the Evil Within, The Evil Within Two, Ghostwire Tokyo, and the recent success Hi-Five Rush. So <laughs> this guy has a huge thumbprint on the Japanese industry and the industry generally.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it absolutely out, you know, stretches outside of just Japanese, especially because of Resident Evil 4. I mean Resident Evil 4 is um, you know, arguably as important of a game for games going forward as anything, as anything, certainly this century. Um And when you think about it, like he's been doing this, his, his, the Roger Rabbit game was 32 years ago. And so he's been doing this for 32 years, which in the span of the the medium of video games, there are very few people who've been doing it as long and as successfully as this, like that 30 year span, you know, you see that a lot like actors and directors and, and musicians and stuff. Like it's impressive, but you see, you see folks like Spielberg or Scorsese who are, you know, uh, working their medium for like 50 years or so. But in games, we don't have a lot of those people. Um, yeah. Folks tend to either burn out, folks tend to fade into obscurity. Maybe they they take on sort of higher, higher level jobs that are more um, um, sort of overseeing, which he seems like he's done at times, but then he always gets sucked back in to kind of, Get really hands on and, and directorial with his projects.
0: Well, this is why I have a lot of respect for Mikami because it's as an indie de- developer, I'm just really interested in making games. And he seems to be mm-hmm. of the same mindset. He doesn't really want to be a rock star, he doesn't want to like have the spotlight. He just wants to yeah. make the ideas that interest him. And I, yeah, that's yeah. completely how I feel about making games. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, he's someone who's also just like evolved with the times in a really, um, in a really impressive way. Uh, you know, he's someone who started off in the era where colorful 2D mascot platformers were sort of the, the choice de jour yeah, on those consoles.
0: A, it was never a Peter Molyneux who like needed the restrictions uh to stop them from doing really stupid things like pledge to yeah. make uh, a huge super game where you can do anything.
1: Yeah. I mean all of his all of his games
0: by and large
1: uh, you can sort of like map out on a cocktail napkin and understand them all. Like they all have a yep. very easy, um, you know, uh, uh, a SWAT team gets stuck in a mansion filled with monsters. Like these these sort of uh, bare bones uh, concepts that are very easy to wrap your head around. And it's just his execution is is so forward thinking and incredible. Both with the mm-hmm. and and we talk about how he, he never like distinctly directed um, sequels. He did direct the Resident Evil remake, which is interesting because. Mm-hmm that felt like one chance for him to sort of be like, I was, uh, you know, the original Resident Evil was kind of, they had to make do with the limitations of hardware and just design philosophy at the time. Whereas by the time six or seven years rolled around, he was able to do remake um, both on the, the, you know, a, a new generation of consoles, as well as just where games as a whole had moved since then. Like it felt like he was able to be like, okay, this is actually what, my vision for that original project was, which is something that Resident Evil keeps coming back to. Like, of all the franchises, that's the one that we keep getting good remakes of, and I guess we'll wait and see a month or so for Resident Evil 4, but...
0: And all his stuff has very strong core gameplay loops as well. Yeah. And and a lot of very different ones, although there's a couple of, like, recurring themes, like action, Mm -hmm. horror, seems to be something he keeps coming back to. Yeah. I feel like he's got a certain vibe to his stuff that always sort of comes across for me it's hard Mm. to explain like i say it's that sort of slight edge of b-movie campness
1: yeah and i think even when he's doing i mean it's clear that he has games that um he's not adverse to to sort of to color to style to you, you know, you look at things either he directed like PNO3 or or mm-hmm. produced like uh, you know Beautiful Joe and and Killer Seven and stuff like that. But um even in the the scary stuff, I think he knows that an important part of uh horror is giving the audience a chance to breathe. Um you have that in the save rooms in the original resident evil, you get that in sort of the, the moments of levity in resident evil Four, whether it's, um, you know, finding the shopkeeper and, and sort of, and, you know, knowing that whenever you see the shopkeeper, you're, you're somewhere safe. Uh, evil within has the same thing. So it seems like yeah. he like is a capital D director where he knows how to like ebb and flow with the audience's emotions.
0: Certainly. And, uh, seems to be a variety of different tones he's willing to explore. Yeah! I, I keep bringing up God Hand, which is <clears throat> actually a very silly, goofy game. Yes. Although it has, uh, it still sort of has that sort of punk, violent edge to it. And uh, which Hi-Fi Rush reminded me a lot of for some reason. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of people with uh, Hi-Fi Rush. They were almost like, "Oh, well, this is so weird for a for a Mikami game." But if you you know well, look throughout should, his,
0: I guess I might as well stress that that wasn't strictly a Mikami game. He, sure, the executive produced it, but I do get a lot of his you know vibe from it.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of that is also, I think he's as influential enough to where there's an entire generation of creators who were inspired by him, whether directly trained by him, you know, and working under him, or just inspired by the games he made.
0: He certainly seems keen to foster the talent under him, which is the sign of a good leader. Yeah, I think it's knowing that, you know,
1: you're not going to be here forever. And so, yeah, yeah, you can, you know, leave your art out, but you can also sort of help, uh, help the next generation grow, which I really like
0: if I was like in like the directive lead on a game studio, he's exactly the sort of one I'd want to be. I want to make the really weird shit that appeals to me, and then if it makes money, I'll just fob the sequel off to the to like some promising up and comer in the staff, so I can come up with, yeah. with my next weird crazy idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because he's also been a guy who like he's had his ups and downs. Like he oh sure, he's there's, about- a,
0: there's a fair bit of shit. In his uh, res in his resume, I yeah, PNo three for a start,
1: <laughs> yeah. But he's also talked. Um, there's a there's a YouTube series. I'm gonna I'm gonna link it in um, the uh, the chats. There's a, a a documentary channel called Archipel, and they do um, these really amazing, polished uh, documentaries, mostly on Japanese creators. And right at the start of the pandemic, they did a two parter on him, and it was really interesting to hear him talk about how. Um, when he started working his way up at capcom and stopped directing he felt so creatively stifled that he ended up getting depressed and he got the same thing at platinum at one point where he was like all i was doing was attending meetings like and i fucking hated it and so that's why he eventually left and
0: formed his own company well it feels like all he was doing at capcom was making one resident evil after another
1: yeah i mean it has to be hard when also you you make this thing and then they're like how many versions of this can we make how do we make the light gun version of this and turn it into a movie franchise and then make it into an online multiplayer game and that's certainly
0: that's gotta be stifling for a creative person and you can see how he really made the most of his independence once he got out of there yeah yeah i mean he was Um, executive producer on everything in the capcom 5 Mm-hmm. which was a broad range just, it was a weird phenomenon the Capcom 5 I did a whole zero punctuation on it once it was like five games that were pledged to be exclusive to Gamecube that were supposed to like stimulate the Gamecube because it was sort yeah. of faltering at that point point. and like there was like it, it, that produced three really really good games two mm-hmm. very shitty ones uh, with no middle ground and uh, all the good ones were basically were just ported to PS2 anyway
1: yeah yeah Despite him saying that if, uh, uh, famously joking that if Resident Evil 4 ever went to any console other than GameCube, he would cut his own head off. Um, Oops. W- yeah, which that ended up becoming one of the games that's probably on the most consoles of any game of the last 20 years. Um, and then, yeah, after, you know, eventually, uh, over 10 years ago, um, he, he formed Tango Gameworks. And, um, mm. they were, I don't know if they were formed under Bethesda or almost immediately acquired by Bethesda and Xenomax, but, um, they were sort of the 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 Japanese studio in the portfolio of the studio of the company who right. you know brings us Half Life and or not Half Life but uh, Elder Scrolls and and uh, Fallout. Um, and then two years ago, we see that studio gets acquired and uh, with all of ZeniMax Studios by Microsoft. Um, mm. And then a couple of years after that, we see him leave. And so we don't know if this was something. He had planned. Possibly, there was something. I've, I've seen some speculation online that when this acquisition happened, like senior leadership kind of had to sign something saying that they wouldn't leave for X amount of years. Mm. Um, and so, you know, maybe that time is up now, and maybe you know they're they're maybe this is the first of many folks we see leaving. But um, people don't know. He hasn't announced if this is a retirement or if this is. I want to start a new studio that's not under the leadership of Xbox or he wants to join another studio, which is a theory I have.
0: Well, going by his pattern, I don't think I could see him retiring.
1: Yeah, cuz I mean he's only he's not even 60 yet. Um which but again, in the games industry it feels like he's been along around literally forever because yeah, he's, he's been making 16-bit Disney games.
0: Man, he does not look 57.
1: No, right. <laughs> he looks really good.
0: It's true what they say about Japanese people, they age very gracefully. Uh, Extremely probably, gracefully. Yeah. Hugely racist of me to say that.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I,
0: it's a compliment. Well, it's, a compliment, it's, posi- it's, po- it's positive discrimination, isn't it?
1: Positive discrimination. There you go. There you go. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the theories, the one that I subscribe to, is that he might be joining Bokeh Game Studio which is a um, relatively new uh, indie studio in Japan, founded by a lot of former um, Sony developers who left Sony Japan Studio uh, after it sort of shuttered, Uh, including uh, Toyama, who is the creator of Silent Hill, and they're working on a horror game called Slitterhead. And so everyone is sort of, and and like, uh, uh, Mikami's done videos with Bokeh Studio and like toured the studio and everything. And a lot of folks are thinking, that maybe this is gonna be this weird sort of like dream team of the, the silent hill slash siren creator and then the you know resident evil creator
0: you know keeping up to work on some more as much as i admire Shinji Mikami I don't mm-hmm. think his specific vibe that I've talked about works with yes. Silent Hill. The weird thing about
1: Silent Hill is unlike um Resident Evil where where he sort of benchmarked with one and four, Silent Hill feels like it has different creators every single time. Like, well, I they, literally well, don't even know who the director of Silent Hill 2 is.
0: That's absolutely the case. The, the games yeah. were made by Team Silent, and Team Silent was a different bunch of dudes from game to game. Yeah. And if you played, like, the four original Japanese Silent Hills, they all had subtly different vibes. Yes. I think t- two, and, two and four had the most dudes in common, which is why uh, there's sort of a similar air to those two. I never really liked Silent yeah. Hill 3 that much. That was the one that was trying to be a direct sequel to Silent Hill One, and it felt a bit uh, felt a bit mired in the established plot. Right. I preferred the like the fresher sort of horror anthology take that Two and Four did.
1: Where do you uh, so so Two and Four of those original Silent Hill games? Well, probably of all the Silent Hill games, those are your favorite. Um, yes. But aside from Four in Resident Evil, obviously Four, I would say is your favorite, right? Yes. Um, aside from that, which are the which are your standouts? Whether Mikami worked on them or not.
0: <sighs> well, I never really got into the Resident Evil series up until mm. Resident Evil 4. Okay. I had to be persuaded to give it a go. Uh, I like guess when it
1: came out? You played it when it came out or did you come to it late?
0: When it came out. Okay. Because I, someone I got it and then said, you have to play this. It's like the shape of things to come. Mm-hmm. So I played it and absolutely loved it. Though I never liked the original fixed camera stuff so you know I've quite liked a few of the Resident Evils that came after that just because they were more like Resident Evil 4 I quite liked Resident Evil Revelations on the DS
1: oh interesting yeah
0: yeah those ones
1: um again Resident Evil is is such a weird franchise just because of how much they've thrown at the wall uh and some of it's really stuck and just some of it absolutely hasn't but uh I, there's ve- I think there's very few franchises over the past 25 years or so that have sort of tried as much in as many different venues as as Resident Evil has. It's kind of like a, it's a very strange, like the ups and downs that that franchise has had. And, you know, After Resident Evil 6, thinking like, is this done? And then, you know, coming back with Resident Evil 7.
0: There's a lot of Resident Evil movies. I mean, yeah. leaving aside the live action ones, there's like, apparently there's like a ton of CG animated ones that yeah, there's I ones mean. just coming out now, and they're all canonical, and people are like, oh, Jill's back. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like, yeah.
1: who Who are these movies for? Like, are they for the hardcore fans of the series?
0: See, I absolutely wouldn't want to touch those with 10-foot barge because I've always felt Resident Evil has only really worked when it has made the effort to get away from its, its extensive, established plot.
1: Yeah. yeah i feel like lore is the uh is the downfall i did, like I, a burden of lore is the downfall of a lot of storytelling of thinking like oh make sure you've done your homework with 35 things before you enter here there's a yeah. kind of a heavy weight to a lot of like the mcu stuff even with that now um but
0: that's also why i don't read superhero comics
1: yeah 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 it seems like there's a lot of homework you have to do before you uh before you sign up whereas you know his resident evil games like resident Evil Four, obviously leon is is um leon and ada are sort of Pulled directly from 2, but you don't really need to know that. Mm -hmm. And the game doesn't even really... It it introduces Krauser, and you'd be like, oh, that guy's definitely from an earlier game, right? And you're like, no, No, he he
0: is not. It's just, it's basically, it just cuts away all the chaff, and it's just about rescue the president's daughter from evil cult. Mm -hmm. Resident Evil 7 does something similar. Yeah. Forget about all the established shit. It's just rescue your wife from the evil cult.
1: Yeah, and then the last 20 seconds, it's like, here's Chris. Chris is back. You yeah, all love Chris. That's,
0: yeah, that's where I sort of went because yeah. uh, bring, bringing Chris back is always the the bad sign in Resident yeah,
1: Evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also with the Resident Evil m- sort of movies and extended universe. It's, I you get to one of those points where I'm like, why wouldn't I just watch the better movies that inspired Resident Evil? Mm. Like, there's much better, you know, zombie fiction to watch in movie form, uh, whereas in game form, you know, I, I would say Resident Evil is, is among the top of the many many the heaping pile of of um zombie fiction
0: well if uh, is getting together with the silent hill dudes let's hope bakami focuses on the gameplay and the silent hill dudes do all the story work there that, you go that that's, sounds that's like all i can say
1: that sounds like a nice combo uh yeah we don't we don't know though like i you know given his track record i could see him I don't see him like joining a massive established company. I don't see him joining yeah. like Sony or anything like that or rejoining Capcom. Although I don't know. Do you think do you think there's like a certain amount of money Capcom could have offered him to be like come back and make another Resident Evil and he well, would do that, it?
0: Like Well, that doesn't seem to be his motivation as we've discussed. I mean the the pattern no. just keeps recurring. He keeps starting new studios the moment the big corporate dudes get in their start getting their fingers in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, which is interesting because that's we get that a lot from Japanese developers. I mean, from, from uh, American creators, Western creators as well. But um, like, I, I feel like, I think we were talking about last week on one of the streams, um, sort of the, uh, I don't like the term rock star developer, but like the developer where people know them by their name, not just by the studio, but like
0: well, know the we, creators by their name. We as video game insiders know his name. I wonder how well known yeah. he'd be in more casual circles.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And I guess this audience probably would know Mikami's name just because if they've listened to us talk, we've probably mentioned it a bunch. But um, Mm. it it feels like I can, like off the top of my head, I feel like I can name a lot more Japanese directors than I can Western directors.
0: Well, the Japanese industry has always been more focused on uh, the auteur director as a figure in the game uh, development. Yeah, they they take more the approach like western movies do where you have one director who puts their particular character uh, on their work Yeah, even though though it's a huge team effort whereas western video games tend to de-emphasize individual names especially in the modern industry
1: Mm -hmm. yeah like outside of very small indie games I mean one person indie games generally because even if it's a team usually the, the director doesn't like to be singled out um yeah, why do you think that was with, with Japanese games? Do you think that was...
0: I don't know. Like, why did
1: folks like, like Kojima and Inafune and Igarashi and Suzuki and all that sort of I mean, bubble I it's up? hard
0: to say this without sounding like a huge wee, but it's often felt like that uh, the Japanese industry is, is generally slightly more mature and developed mm-hmm. than it is in the West. Like, uh, they've yeah. already gone through all kinds of weird experimental shit that the Western industry uh, came to much later yeah like uh um well it's i i loathe as i am to like tire the entire western industry with the same brush but uh japanese s- companies were making like the light farming sims for decades before shit like stardew valley got popular in the west
1: yeah 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 it's funny uh you know you, you've talked about cozy games it feels like those originated in japan although you could say almost most genres originate in japan right yeah like if because like, they were at it
0: first and there's piles and piles of niche games that made in Japan that don't make it uh, outside the country.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, they've,
0: they've already been through all the like gameplay experimentation shit.
1: Yeah, the one rare thing we don't get is uh, the sort of the solo indie projects from Japanese.
0: Well uh, the the original color. solo As the the original solo indie uh, blockbuster was Cave Story.
1: Cave Story. Yeah, I guess
0: that's uh, that's a good point. Yeah. It was by a Japanese developer. It was by Pixel.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of like the the that's like the first that's before Meat Boy and everything. That's like the yeah. the first kind of one man band uh, indie project.
0: Yeah, that was like the I'm not sure what you'd even call it like the pioneer of uh, PC indie gaming.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then that was like well before kind of the wave of Xbox Live Arcade and everything mm. um sort of started making that
0: more the norm. Um What was when was Cave Story? I want to say 04 was when Cave Story came out.
1: Yeah, that 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 sounds right.
0: Yeah. So like um yeah, 04. 3 years before ZP started. Before Jeez. Steam was a thing, I think. Well, yeah, and before, well before, before like, like, was a huge cave Story was yeah. like released freeware on like just some random website that was way before there was like all this established infrastructure for this kind of thing,
1: yeah, I love that, yeah, um yeah, it's it's I don't know like I guess before going to comments, like just putting a bow on it like i I uh, following single creators throughout their careers, especially was someone who's bounced between um. Uh, you know, working his way up at one of the biggest uh, developers in the world, and then sort of pivoting from that into something smaller, and then creating his own studio—like it's—it's really like a fascinating ride to watch and, and mm. to see that he's still been able to kind of put his thumbprint almost one at least one game per generation to release something that's either um hugely influential at large or something like you know your god hands that become like a, a, a really a, a like cult, develop yes. a really cult following yeah, yeah. like
0: killer yeah, seven same. as well enough yeah yeah
1: killer seven Vanquish. there's a lot of games of that era that um I don't know like what are those do we get those games anymore? Like what cult hits? What are the current equivalents of that? Or can you not know until you're a ways removed from it?
0: Well I guess some people are going to be saying that Hi-Fi Rush is a cult hit Yeah Although I guess it's a little more mainstream than that. I guess Yeah, um, it just seems like it's like
1: universally loved. Like I was thinking so, of that Wanted Dead Game, if that's ever going to get like a critical reappraisal and people are going to be like, "Actually, this was genius. KC was right."
0: Well, I hope this gives you a little insight. All you kids who like came into things like came into High Five Rush saying, "Gosh, this is an unprecedented thing. Mm-hmm. This suddenly amazing new innovative cult hit." Currently coming out of suddenly coming out of nowhere from the corporate sector. Well, hopefully this gives you a little more context that this is basically Shinji Mikami's entire career.
1: Yeah, that's kind of been his M.O. for the last even if you go back and look at uh, if you look at Piano 3, that is a game where that is not nearly as successful as Hi-Fi Rush, but that is a game where the main character uh, their idle animation during combat is um, kind of tapping their foot to the beat of music yeah and that's exactly what you see in hi-fi rush so, so as i
0: keep saying it looked more like she was busting for a piss uh
1: <laughs> did it look like chai was busting for a piss or was he well good?
0: no because he was snapping his fingers as well that's there was that added bit of uh, visual flair yeah made you realize he was supposed to be like grooving to a beat and not that he was just about to piss his pants <laughs> That's anyway. what happens when you have too much to try. Yeah. All right, super chat time. Lovely. Uh, I'll start Gary. on Prime.
1: Can I start on Prime first? Because we've got a Prime resub. Oh, okay. Over on Twitch. Uh, True Mandalorian, thank you so much. Resubbing on Prime for six months. Uh, woo, six months of fantastic ad free wonders. Hashtag Mog World 2. Is that a real hashtag? Are people using hashtag Mog World 2?
0: Well, it's the first time hearing of it.
1: Okay, hashtag Mog World 2.
0: Probably is not going to be a Mogworld World 2.
1: Oh no! What if enough people hashtag it though?
0: <laughs> then they will even be, they'll be even less likely to be a mobile. Oh no! Because <laughs> they will feel too pressured. Uh, Gary Davis gives two pounds. Says, "Do you have any thoughts on Star Trek Resurgence?" Uh, my thought is, blimey, I've never heard those three words put together in that particular order before.
1: I believe Star Trek Resurgence is a Telltale esque um, story heavy adventure game coming out in april
0: well it's one of the less common sequel re words just to stick on the end That's of a title true.
1: star trek revengeance and i so, think it's like a direct follow-up to one of the shows either next generation or Oh, well,
0: who the fuck knows deep, like, deep space I Nine. Mean, like 15 shows now
1: there's a lot of shows there's too yeah. many shows
0: anyway Hi Sco gives £4.99 says unrelated but mentioned from last week just confirmed today Stephen Fry is going to be the host of the upcoming UK version of Jeopardy later this year. I don't <gasps> care. I but you
1: love Stephen Fry. He's British. Is he British? He's yes. British. There you
0: go. He's about as <laughs> British as they get frankly. Yeah. Jeopardy would like just members of the public answering questions? It's not like a celebrity panel show? Sounds boring to me.
1: You don't want to see regulars, whole regulars answering no. questions.
0: Who cares? Uh, Kiro Osex the 13th gives $2 and says thanks for the subtitles on the Escapist videos. You're oh, welcome. You're, you're
1: very welcome. A lot of that is done by uh, Will. Will Will C. Blogs, Will Cruz.
0: Thanks, will. will. Well done, Will. Where there's a will, there's a way.
1: That should be a new video series. I don't know what it is, but he could do that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure someone
1: already has that video.
0: Series. Start start with the title. <laughs> That's all you need. Did you have working titles for zero punctuation beforehand? Well, we tossed a few ideas around. I mean, uh, uh, I think we considered punctuation zero as well as zero punctuation.
1: Like, I, were you intent on punctuation being in it?
0: Well, we wanted to emphasize the fast talking thing. I gotcha. threw out the yellow room as a possibility.
1: The Yellow Room? That just sounds somewhere like someone pisses a bunch, though.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, or possibly, something like obscure Eastern European art film. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Although you shouldn't worry too much about the titles of things, most people will just accept them after a while. There you go. Uh, Orbiting Peanut gave us $5, and says, Wanted to say thanks to the escapist for making me feel less like a baby gamer for playing Hi-Fi Rush on easy. Can't follow a beat, but loving the game. Yeah, that's the trouble with rhythm action games. Some people just no. can't. Some people just don't really have any natural rhythm. Yeah.
1: No, I promise. There's there's, there's some corners of the internet might shame you for putting a game on easy. This is not one of those corners. If I'm here, I'm always going to tell you to put the game on easy. Fucking whatever gets it out of your life quicker. Well, even Nick, Nick was, even yeah. Nick, who's so good at games, played
0: Well, Death Nick Stranding would certainly it. say that if he was recommending Death Stranding, yes. There you go. M. Morris Wood gives £20. Boy, that's like a hundred American (gasps) dollars. Thank you so much. And said, just wanted to pop a super chat on my train home from work to say thank you both for being my COD podcast during three scary months of unemployment. COD? Call of Duty? Call of Duty? hmm. The entertainment and intellectual distraction were greatly appreciated. What else could COD stand for, Chad?
1: Um... Oh, I just ended up going to a Wikipedia page of Cod La fish, <laughs> Which, I don't know, how did I get there? Um, well, I don't, yeah, one. I don't know. Um, oh, uh, I think uh, people think he meant possibly EOD? End of day? No, he said he was on unemployment, though. Ah. When you're on unemployment, you don't have any.
0: any. Maybe, maybe he just spends his whole day masturbating furiously and then likes to unwind in the evening.
1: Yeah, same thing. Uh, uh, Yeah, or maybe Call of Duty, like maybe he listens to, maybe they listen to Call of Duty, or to our podcast. Oh, oh maybe, they, maybe they
0: play Call of Duty while listening yeah. to a podcast. Okay, Like, you yeah. have
1: podcast games, so like maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Call of Duty's a podcast
0: game. That makes more sense. Although I wouldn't want to play, like, multiplayer Call of Duty, because you probably wouldn't hear people sneaking up on you if you were listening to a podcast the whole time. That's true. Anyway, Jackson Jewel gives two dollars. Says, "Did you ever watch the Resident Evil movies?" Well, I did, as as a matter of fact, watch the first two Resident Evil movies because I was writing Mm -hmm. an article for Australia's Hyper magazine on video game adaptations of films, which weren't quite completely overdone at that time. Yeah, when would this would have been? It would have been like two thousand five, two thousand six.
1: Oh, okay. You didn't do the first one because the first one came out I was like two thousand one, I think. Like when I was yeah. in high school.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, those movies uh were kind of shit.
1: Yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken, Mikami was like a had some small role on the first one and was like kinda had some, some script notes or something, uh, but then uh very quickly wanted to diss himself uh from it. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Well, there's no mention of that in his works list. Although it does mention no. that he did a voice in Fallout Four.
1: Oh, apparently he, he was he was the, the Japanese, Japanese he was oh. the
0: Japanese voice of Takahashi. I have no idea was, who Takahashi is.
1: It sounds like someone who should have a Japanese voice, though. So that's that's probably good. Sure. Um, interesting. Anyway. uh one note is in that documentary uh it films a lot of him just kind of like wandering around tokyo and let me say he drives a very nice car i don't know anything about cars <laughs> it is a very fancy car so maybe he got paid a lot of money from that resident evil movie well which, he good can,
0: for him. well he invented resident evil he could probably like uh name his price these days. i
1: mean if every time resident evil 4 is ported to a new console he gets to oh, cash a yeah, check yeah. i wonder uh i wonder what kind of a deal he has with this resident evil remake hmm with these remakes, like, even like Resident Evil 2, like, he he produced Resident Evil 2 and 3,
0: like, is he, is he making money off those remakes? Well, we gotta hope so.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I would like to think so.
0: Uh, should at least get some, some residuals for that.
1: Oh, apparently Takahashi is the robot ramen chef, says Kamenji uh, Ninja, in in, uh. um, in the game.
0: Look at that, a lot of people knew that. Oh my god, you guys are so smart. Uh, the True Mandalorian gives $2 and says, Miller Jovovich deserves an Oscar for all RE film. Well, I... <laughs> You might have trouble taking that case to the academy, the True Mandalorian. Possibly, the only thing again,
1: if you want to say someone who has a sweet deal, uh, her her husband, Paul uh, W. S. Anderson, directs all those yeah, movies. Yeah, was the director. So that's just great. That's just two paychecks.
0: That's like the only reason she was cast in all those films. Yeah, it's
1: great. It's great. Good for them.
0: Uh Heisco comes back with one ninety nine and says, "Will the funding goal feature Mikami's works? Well, it might as well. That's you a might great notice. <laughs> we're uh, Funding Amy and Frost getting to play a bunch of Retro Disney games that they're into.
1: I feel like the Aladdin Super Nintendo, that's a that's a good one. They talked about yeah, possibly that's... playing the Lion King. I'm trying to shy them away from it because hot damn that Lion King game is hard. It is so which, fucking hard. Which one? They were weirdly enough, Lion King, which came out like a year after, or maybe even a year before these Aladdin ones. Same game on both consoles. Exact same game. Hmm. And then well that, uh, but Aladdin sometimes. had the two different ones. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal with that was. Very weird.
0: Uh, da, 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 John Connor gives five Canadian dollars and says, Are there certain game mechanics or gameplay loops that you'd like to see big games be inspired by from Mikami games? Mine is Vanquish's Sliding. Ooh. You might enjoy uh, High on Life, if you liked the sliding in Vanquish. It has a very similar mechanic. Yeah, what...
1: Uh, I mean, even uh, even <laughs> Wanted Dead has sliding, but that, that's a very janky version. Yeah, the sliding in Vanquish feels so good. Like Vanquish, um, you could see stuff like, uh, it only came out a few years later, but um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, mm. uh, inspired by that. Yeah, Vanquish is one of the best feeling third-person shooters I think I ever made.
0: Well, the one I keep thinking of is God Hand and it's build your own combo feature. I thought that was a really unique and interesting mechanic that I'm surprised no other game took up. The only other game <laughs> that tried something like yeah. that is Remember Me, and it was... yeah. And it was very shallow.
1: It feels like one of those mechanics that would have become ubiquitous like 10 years later, but still
0: hasn't. Yeah, like time loops in Majora's Masks. And somehow no other game did time loops for like 20 years. And then they became... And then now we get...
1: Yeah, yeah. Now now every game.
0: Um, I mean, custom combos... I want to say you could almost see something like that in Indivisible. Which was that game by the Skullgirls devs where oh, you yeah. had four you had four characters in the party and you'd like combine their moves in a manner similar to a fighting game by yeah, pressing the, the yeah. button associated with each party member in sequence. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I never I, I, I remember that game existing. I never um I never yeah. played that game.
0: Well, yeah, it's kinda hard the story wasn't very good.
1: Uh no, that's what I heard. Um yeah, it's funny. It's funny to 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 for John to ask uh, sort of the forgotten mechanics of or the the less celebrated mechanics because if you wanted to make a list of like you know Resident Evil Four just sort of went down the list and like every game after that took so many ideas from Resident Evil Four. Um, I still love the way. The Resident Evil, especially Resident Evil 4 handles inventory um, mm. I like that the inventory itself becomes a little meta game, like a little Tetris game, um, it's also it sort of scratches a nice like OCD organizing itch, if you doesn't, have it in the same way something like Unpacking did Doesn't it just? Yeah, there's like a whole indie game someone made, I think like last year, that was just
0: yeah, was inventory management it, I was about to bring that up Yeah, and I, I, I don't know what play- you do in that game though And I've been playing uh, Dredge bit which has a very Hmm. similar uh mechanic for arranging equipment and fish around your ship's hold oh i like it yeah i'm glad capcom didn't seem to like they didn't fucking
1: like copyright that like the nemesis system or any nonsense like that good on you capcom Hmm.
0: Uh, Ludwig Williams gives 9.99 and says, "Yeah, it's in your post CP stream for the Forgotten City. You say the only way to get into Maliolus's villa is to jump after Ulpius, but you can also turn the vines to gold and climb them." Are I apologize, go Ludwig Williams. I apologize, Ludwig Williams, for not reading out your super chat with a very dorky voice, which it clearly um, deserved. You massive pedant.
1: You should. I think you should. Well, if Nick wants to do this, we should remove the zp for forgotten city even the regular zp not just the post ZP, and then you should have to re redo it and make sure that you let people know that maleficent's villa can get fines on it
0: no i think we should take the forgotten city zp off altogether and the stream Mm -hmm. and just put up a big sign saying we took this down because ludwig williams wasn't happy oh concerns to ludwig williams
1: was forgotten city a time loop game
0: yeah, it's one of the good I ones. I didn't play it. I didn't play it. <laughs> I already played like ten minutes of it. I I, I thought it was kind of ugly. I want to say it's one of my favorite time loop games. I it
1: got very good reviews. People really liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. And it's, it's kind of like a mystery, like a murder mystery, right?
0: Yeah, I stress. I liked it because it's a very well written game. Mm. You might not like it if you like if you like things like spectacular graphics and shit
1: no i like good words i like i like people who do the words good it looks Um, like what it is
0: a glorified skyrim fan quest
1: yeah Uh, damien i haven't forgotten forgotten city i just didn't play it i didn't forget it
0: Wodge tech gives ten dollars and says nothing to add just showing support well you did forget to play forgotten city apparently
1: i think i chose not to play it i think it was part of my i i refuse to play games that uh, don't have the most graphics. Well, I only so play you, games with
0: all the graphics. So you forgot that in the sense of, hey, forget about it, my man.
1: Yeah, there you
0: go. Move on. Uh, Bag of Decks, member for nine months in early access, says, hey, Marty, are you going to try RE4 in VR?
1: Hell yeah. Uh, probably not. No. <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe. I don't have a VR headset. I don't know.
0: I so. have played RE4 on my Oculus uh, on Quest 2. Ooh. It's fun... If a bit, you know, piss easy, considering that RE4 was sort of built around its slightly awkward controls.
1: Yeah, uh, they also announced that Resident Evil 4 remake is coming to PSVR2 as well. I don't know; horror in VR seems like too much. The thing I want VR is, I want VR to just give me nice chill vibes. I want to go to a nice, cool place and I want to hang out and maybe do some puzzles. I don't once oh. once like the scary start coming at me. I don't want to do that in VR.
0: Well, a lot of it's people scary like out of here. People like the adrenaline of the scary experience, and, uh, Yeah! No, no, no! Much, no. I just think it's not for me. It's much enhanced in VR. Too much. It's too scary. Get those- get those fucking
1: those- those Los Numinados, or whatever those dudes are, get out of there. I don't L- want to- oh, when their fucking heads- heads explode- oh man, regenerators in VR? Get oh, out of here. I mean,
0: Ludwig Williams comes crawling back, with another 199. I'll remember to <laughs> use the dorky voice this time, Ludwig, and asks, Do you have a Steam Deck? Well, that's a normal
1: question. That's just a regular question.
0: Yes, well, I realized he was a huge dork from his last Super Chat, so I've, you know, preemptively put it in there. No, I don't. Uh, I believe
1: Nick is the only, uh, well, and uh, Jack, they both have Steam decks. Yeah,
0: they're hoarding their Steam decks. What a pair of assholes.
1: And I think the plan might be to get Amy a Steam deck for when she's in the States, because apparently it's still very hard to get in Australia or something like that.
0: Well, she'll still have to download games for it. That'll be hard. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. Australian internet being. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars and says, sorry, I missed it last week. I was at the doctor. Here's some money towards the stretch goal, whatever it is this time.
1: It's Disney games, Wesley Thomas. Apologized for not giving us money when you were at a doctor. Wesley, I hope your doctor appointment went very well.
0: I don't. I hope it hurt.
1: If I hope they realized that uh you your ass was cracked and then they got you a new one. That was an ass crack joke. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's supposed to be cracked. Did they fill it in? They shouldn't have. Oh done that. no.
1: your ass got cocked. Don't <laughs> cock that crack. I don't I shouldn't have said any of that. Either. I don't like any of that. I regret most of this.
0: Christopher Marion gives ten dollars and says, "Yard's you're a gentleman and a scholar. Well, I'm at least one of those. Where did that or, phrase come from? Or perhaps even neither of those. Where did that phrase come from? I so we talked know.
1: last week about where we thought the whole friends we made along the way. Maybe it came from "Stand by Me." "Gentleman and the Scholar." Where's this? Where did this come from? Everyone, everyone uses this phrase.
0: "Gentleman and the here? Scholar" origin. I'm googling that now. Oh hell yeah. Uh, the term dates from the days when only well-born boys and men received any education at all. Its earliest mm-hmm. appearance in print was in George Peel's merry, conceited Jest of 1607. He goes directly to the mayor, tells him he was a scholar and a gentleman.
1: <laughs> then why do we flip him around? Why can't you be a scholar and a gentleman? What's What's going on here?
0: Who the hell knows?
1: Also, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. Well, actually, you on pronunciation of something earlier because I was afraid you were gonna make fun of me in the dork voice. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Wojtek was one of the people. W O J T E K, and I know. I know it's pronounced Wojtek because there's a famous bear during World War II. The Polish army liberated a, or there was a zoo that was abandoned or a circus and they ended up meeting this bear. This is a true story, this big old brown bear. And he just befriended this like troop of Polish soldiers and he would smoke cigarettes with them and dance and shit. And he would like carry ammo for them. And it's incredible. And I don't know why we don't have a movie about Wojtek the bear, who's just a cigarette smoking, Nazi hunting bear. We got this fucking cocaine bear. We don't need that movie, we need Wojtek the bear.
0: Like People are more interested in the cocaine bears it seems.
1: Why? This dude carried ammo, he smoked cigarettes? He fought Nazis? Oh my God.
0: Bears don't have the immediate appeal of, like, a dog.
1: Yeah, I mean dogs fight Nazis.
0: There's always a faint suspicion hanging around bears, because there have been many documented cases that they'll have a bear who's, like, friendly as pie their entire lives, but then one day they just turn on someone and then no one really knows why.
1: Fucking Wojtek wouldn't do that. The only person he ever turned on was fucking Hitler and tore his face off.
0: Well, Yeah, there's yeah. a Wojtek
1: statue in Edinburgh, apparently. I mean, what, yeah. what, if,
0: what if Wojtek felt like tearing off another face and there wasn't a convenient <sighs> Hitler around? He wouldn't, though, as long as you give him enough smokes. He'd be fine. During the
1: Battle of Monte Cassino in Italy in 1944, Wojtek helped move crates of ammunition and became a celebrity with visiting Allied generals and statesmen. How cool is that?
0: I feel like getting a bear hooked on nicotine isn't the wholesome story you seem to think it is. (laughs) Could you imagine the nicotine withdrawal that bear had? I mean, there's a a lot of... uh science labs where they do that to like small bunny rabbits and most people consider that a rather upsetting practice
1: that's true boitech died at the age of 21 and i don't know if that's old or young for bears
0: oh who can say it's like the large as a general rule the larger the animal the more likely it will have a longer lifespan
1: wow those big big old turtles with like 700
0: what Um, what kind of bear was he that probably would help uh bear oh bears only live 20 to 30 years i
1: believe he's a the uh 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 took the bear a syrian brown bear i don't know why syrian but a okay, syrian well, brown bear yeah
0: well there you go uh,
1: good on him
0: uh mark mayner gives five euros and says just saying thanks for the content over the years thank you you're mark- welcome mark mayner thanks for your money yeah uh, John Connor gives 10 Canadian dollars. Says finished suffering through the shimmy protocol. Do you think we'll ever see a game with a bigger shimmy to gameplay ratio? Played at a friend's house, so no money to them. Well, a lot of games seem to be competing for that title. People God of War shimmying. Ragnarok had a pretty high shimmy uh, yeah. index. Guardians of the Galaxy was full of the old shimmy in.
1: Yeah. Don't say it's shimmying. That sounds. I don't like that.
0: Um, I was impressed by the how relatively little shimmying there was in what's the recent game I was playing?
1: Dead Space Forspoken.
0: Oh, the Dead Space remake.
1: Oh yeah. Well, that was, I think, new gen only. Dead Space remake. Um, Yes, new new gen only. Whereas. Stuff like God of War Ragnarok was still on PS4. And so you can't just be like, well, the the, the hardware makes you shimmy faster through the thing. Ah, right. Like You just gotta, I guess, keep that in there. Fair I'm right. hoping like the era of shimmying is slowly behind us as we get more and more new uh, games. Yeah,
0: teams. as we get more consoles with solid-state drives. Yeah. Short loading times. Uh, Stephen Brown gives $5. Just picked up some toffee-tastic girls' Scout cookies. <gasps> so here's five bucks for the other toffee. Ah, Here he is. He likes cookies too. You have that in Incredible. common. Incredible. Not in... cookies with himself in them. That sounds yes. traumatic. Look at look at that noble face. You wouldn't think he hung around a baby's high chair, hoping to catch errant crusts. <laughs> Simple Simon gives $20 and says, Question. ChatGPT, give me a question to ask the creator of Zero Punctuation that is very obscure and under 200 characters. Answer. What was the inspiration behind the color palette of the characters in your game Chilby's notes? Oh, well, thank you for your AI generated question, Simple Simon. Uh. They. they, they they were colours that worked.
1: What's your favourite colour?
0: Well, the main character mainly wore blacks, whites and greys, which okay. are sort of evergreen. Yeah. You know? Always in style. Yeah. And one of the characters had red hair because they were Irish. Mm.
1: Yeah. I've, I've seen some red-haired Irish people in my time.
0: I think that's all the thought that went into it, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the what, villain... was the, what
1: was the deal with what was the deal with this game Trilby's Notes? Was it an adventure game? Adventure yeah, game? yeah, yeah,
0: from my Chosen <clears> Mythos <throat> series. Oh, and there was a big villain who wore a big black coat because big black coats are scary.
1: Yeah, are scary. You also don't know, like, are they gonna like they're wearing pants under that? Are they gonna flash you like some sort of a deviant at the mall?
0: Well, quite. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I don't. Worry about. No, I did not still own a Trilby Camja Ninja. I do own a Stetson. These are all different
1: brands of hats, types of hats?
0: Uh, Yes, I wear my Stetson on sunny days.
1: Oh, that's nice. Are they different than fedoras?
0: Well, uh, yes. Uh, Trilby is is sort of a kind of fedoras with a slightly uh, smaller brim.
1: What kind of a hat does Indiana Jones
0: wear? He wears a fedora.
1: Okay, because he looks very cool.
0: Donald Nabatee gives a whole $50, that's a lot, deep red super chat, to say, trying to get this in before the stream ends, hope y'all are doing well. You did
1: incredibly well getting it in before the stream ends. Just like Indiana Jones when he tried to grab his hat when that door was closing.
0: How very... uh, timely.
1: Yeah. Also, Indiana Jones should have met Wojtek the Bear along his journeys. The two of them fight Nazis? Oh, they would have had a great time.
0: Maybe he did. Did you watch the whole young Indiana Jones Chronicles?
1: I did not. I did not, so that one might be on me.
0: Oh wait, he was an adult in the Second World War, wasn't he?
1: It doesn't matter. They don't know he's yeah, he's like ten thousand years old. It's fine.
0: Well, that's not too old to bring out a new one, apparently. Okay, oh,
1: he's so old. Let him sleep. Let the man sleep. Let him crash his planes in peace.
0: I, I think they're just CGing him young again, as I understand. They
1: it. are for the for the cold open. They are. Yeah. I think he's still going to look look old. I mean, every stunt I'm imagining is is not him, but that's fine.
0: Does anyone want to see Toffee's scary fangs?
1: Oh no! Why are they scary? Ooh, look
0: at those scary fangs! Look, nice, friendly, sleepy dog. <laughs> <laughs> nice, friendly, sleepy. <laughs> nice, friendly, sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's how easily they can turn on you, like Wojtek oh, no. the bear.
1: <gasps> oh no! Wojtek would never do that.
0: Well. Uh, that's it for super chats. Not so many this week. Guess this topic wasn't much of a draw, but never mind. It was something we were interested in.
1: This was one. This was one for us. Yeah. You hear that, Nick?
0: Yeah. And we'll we do might...
1: something big everyone likes next time. We'll talk yeah. about fucking Fortnite or Roblox or some shit.
0: And old he gave us fifty bucks. What are you complaining about?
1: Yeah, exactly. Donald liked this one. We all got to talk about Wojtek the Bear. I like how we're, I'm yelling at Nick. Nick has, Nick didn't say a single word. Nick was totally fine with this with this well, topic. So
0: We just assume he'd be fine. Uh, Nick says, okay, next week is why Halo is the best. Well, how about you guest star on that alongside the other guest star yourself? And then the two of us can have a break that morning.
1: That sounds nice. Yeah, just mirror image. You just talking to yourself.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. I think Halo is good. I agree. You're very insightful, self. <laughs> well, uh, I guess that'll be it from us. Uh, what we've we mm-hmm. got coming up this week? for In terms of Yahtzee content, we have my usual zero punctuation, which you'll want to stick around for on Wednesday because it's Hogwarts Legacy. So yeah, I'm, sure di- that won't be sh- that I'm sure that won't be a shitstorm and we'll be yeah. streaming that uh, at the usual time of 1pm Pacific. I think Nick will be, is uh, joining me for that one because everyone else chickened out. <laughs> uh, and I've got a new extra punctuation dropping for our beloved YouTube members and Patreon subscribers on Thursday. Ooh. Any hints what it's about? It will be addressing, amongst other things, Hi-Fi Rush and the upcoming Suicide Squad game. Oh, see you can, no. See if you can think what possible title could, could what possible topic could connect those two
1: hey developers please just let your fucking games end
0: yeah there you go there you go
1: perfect um yeah, in terms of other stuff. Oh, you, if you if you guys missed it, you should watch last uh, Friday's uh, adventure is live. Took a little bit to get going. There were some technical technical issues, but um, you guys had a really great um kind of postmort on season two, as well as uh, there's a little bit of playing going on. Yeah, sorta. we
0: we had a sort of we had to have a sort of impromptu session because yeah, Jesse dropped a big story bomb that might have meant Jack would have to throw out a bunch of his uh, what he'd been planning season three (laughs) but we straightened it all out there you go and so and so uh uh, essential viewing now for anyone who wants to know how season two will connect to season three
1: exactly exactly so um check that out uh in terms of other streams this week later today uh tonight uh jesse and casey will be back with uh more hidden gems they're doing wanted dead again casey's got wanted dead forever let me tell you and i i think it's beautiful i think it is absolutely beautiful as the world's number one wanted dead influencer uh tomorrow we'll have the recap and uh nick will have editors hour uh uh and then all the, all the streams all this week uh thursday we'll be starting nick's xbox 360 journey i believe starting with max Payne 3 which i'm excited for because i haven't played since it came out
0: are we doing um, sea of thieves again on thursday
1: I believe so i think we have one or two episodes left this might be the eighth okay. episode
0: okay Nine? just two just two more episodes more so episodes um tune in for more nautical pissing about for the next yeah weeks at so least. it'll be
1: great yeah and then check out everything on the website go to the website oh my god we got so many good words people are writing amazing oh words god. on things word,
0: the written kind yeah. of word no less yeah it's like videos for your eyes those are just Except videos for your eyes Ian. videos are for your eyes yeah it's adult true.
1: Classic! Uh, We got two more Super Chats while we were goofing.
0: Oh good. Ah, Ludwig Williams is all healed up from the earlier burns I administered. Welcome back Ludwig. And uh, gives another one ninety nine to say, have you read Bronze Age Mindset?
1: What is that?
0: I found it most stimulating.
1: He didn't say that, you put words into his mouth.
0: No, I I put an extra nerdy sentence on to his very nerdy Super Chats.
1: I got, it's so hard to just see what the fuck a book is about. Oh, I somehow went to Bronze Age bronze Age Pervert. <laughs> oh, wait. Is a student A oh, far-right internet personality.
0: What is happening? I think we'd better move on.
1: But no, this is what Bronze Age mindset is.
0: Well, don't like we don't, don't have like anything it. to do with far-right internet personalities, thank you very much. No, I'm getting out of here. I'm out. Chewy, get us out of here. Drunken Chrono gives five dollars and says, "I'm Alexander the Great." Well, thanks for sharing that, Drunken Chrono. Perhaps you might want to sober up and uh, think about your life. Was it like the Chrono from Chrono Trigger?
1: Who's supposed to be drunk?
0: Mm. I thought there was an H in that. No, there's an
1: H in the title of the game, but the character's name is C R O N O, which is oh, fucking insane. Mate. Which is just insane. Like, what what are we doing with this?
0: Hmm. Well, uh, I guess that'll be it for, for us then, that's all super chats. that's all the upcoming shit you can look forward to in this week on The Escapist. We did it! So we'll just say bye then. Bye then. Toffee wanted to shake himself into view again. Say bye bye Toffee. Bye bye everybody. Bye bye.